you are probably wondering how my marathon went, and I'm here to tell you all about it. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with the Practical Parsha podcast. I hope you are well. And last week, as I mentioned previously in other episodes, I ran in a special marathon, which was called Rabbis Can Run. I've talked about it in the past, my running experiences, different things I've learned from running, aside from being healthy. And last week, I was able to finish a half marathon. There were some challenges, you know, some snafus, but thank God I was able to overcome them and complete the race. Two things I just wanted to share with you before we start the Parsha podcast, as I'm sure you're eagerly waiting for another great episode. There's two ideas or thoughts I wanted to share with you today regarding the running for this year. And just uh, as I mentioned previously, this year was my second year being part of this program. And the first year was almost magical. You know, you do things which you never thought you could have done. You accomplish, you, you know, you set a goal for yourself which seems impossible, then you do it. It's a very powerful message. That was the, you know, that's what I took in from last year's race. And the second year is always different. And a lot of times in life, it's like that. Once you have expectations, you know, especially sky-high expectations, it's very high to repeat and to have the same feeling and the same emotion. You know, so as I was training over the last few months, I tried to think a little bit like what, you know, what am I gaining out of this? Obviously, there's certain health benefits and seeing a goal through, but what's, you know, special about what I'm doing right now? And after the completion of the race, it really came to two points which I believe I gained from this year's run and I hope you can take from it as well. The first idea is that, you know, the first year I did this, like I mentioned, it was sort of magical. You're doing something special and the expectations become sky high. And a lot of times people do these programs, they join things up, they start things and after a while, even if you're successful in what you're doing, it peters out. And you forget about it. So it could have been very easy for me to do this program last year, run the 10K, and just let go of running. But thank God I didn't do that, and I kept it going throughout the year. And when it came back around to, to do the new race this year, I took upon a commitment by myself, which was extremely challenging. didn't have as much time as I did last year. You know, more time was needed to train for a 13-mile marathon versus a 6.2-mile marathon. And it was a commitment. And I believe one message that was, for me, very strong was this idea of taking that inspiration, that initial burst of, of specialness, of, of this feeling that I got from running and this, all the benefits that I gained from it, and taking it and making it part of my life in a more permanent fashion, taking upon this commitment to run a half marathon, which was really something very challenging. And God willing, I hope to take that with me. And the message is that it's not just about starting things. It's about trying to keep it going once you start to keep that commitment going, not just for a short amount of time, but God willing for our whole life. And it's something which is a process. It's a day-by-day thing. It's not, you know, you can't just say, okay, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. But I believe when you make, you know, a commitment and you try to make goals for yourself, you're able to every day keep that commitment going and going stronger and stronger. A second thought which I wanted to share, and then I'll 
get right back to the episode is this idea that many times when I was training for this marathon, there are some long runs you have to do. I had to do a six-mile run, eight-mile run, 10-mile run, 12-mile run. And for me, as someone who the most I had run was 6.2 miles, the thought of going out and starting a 10-mile run seemed overwhelming in my mind. And I was, in a way, like scared to go out and do the run. I didn't want to. I was overwhelmed. I, I, I felt like I couldn't do it. And my wife encouraged me, and she told me, just get your sneakers on, put your jogging clothes on, and just go. Take the first step. Go outside and just run, and don't worry about it. And you're going to see you're going to be successful. And that's what I did. I put my shoes on, tied them up, got my gear on, and just started running. And before I knew it, I finished the 10 miles. And before I knew it, I finished 12 miles. And the message that we could take out from this is that many times in life, we see certain things. We have pictures of things we want to do. We have goals we want to accomplish. Maybe it's mitzvot we want to do, observances we want to um, accomplish, Torah we want to learn. I know it could be a spiritual goal for ourselves. It could be a career goal. It could be anything. And the thought of doing it sometimes overwhelms us to a point where we don't even do it. And my message to you is to just put your sneakers on, to put on your jogging clothes, to just go out, to take the first step. Because once we take that first step, it becomes easier. You know, and it's brought down in the Mesil Sharm where Moshe Chaim Lutzato writes in The Path of the Just. And he's talking about the different levels of piety and righteousness that a person can strive for. Many times these levels of righteousness seem much further to us in our mind. But if we just start and we try to, to do it, to actually take that first step, to tie those sneakers, right, then it becomes a lot easier for us to attain. And the reason for that is because once we take that first step, God helps us to get to the goals we want to get to. But it's dependent upon us to put on our jogging clothes, to tie those sneakers, and to take the first step. So those are two lessons which I learned from this year's marathon, and I hope you can take out of it as well a little inspiration um, for your life as well. And before we begin, as always, if you want to ask me about my marathon, how it went, I can tell you the full story about what happened, how I had to run to a gas station for drinks, send me an email at K at gmail.com. All questions, comments are welcome. This week's Parsha is Parshas Mishpatim. And Parshas Mishpatim has many mitzvos are listed in this week's Torah portion. We have civil law, the law of um, a Jewish bondsman, the law of murder and manslaughter, bodily injury, damages, if someone's property damages, a borrower, the judicial process, looking out for the poor, the halachos, um, the Torah has a commandment about Shabbos and the holidays, as well as the prohibition of eating meat and milk together. And there's many mitzvot in this week's Parsha. And the first question, or the first point which I want to talk about today, this week's podcast, is that Rashi points out Something very interesting. The first verse in this week's parsha reads as follows. 
And these are the ordinances that you shall place before them. And if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, he says, Why is it that the, the halachos of the of, oh, civil law is next to the parsha the, of the Mizbeach, which ended off the last week's parsha, the laws of the altar, it's telling us that the Sanhedrin, who were the supreme court of the Jewish people, they had a space, a position in the base on Megdash in the temple that, that just like the temple service was integral to the Jewish people, so too the Sanhedrin, the rulings of the Sanhedrin, their decisions of halacha, of civil law, is also an integral aspect to the Jewish nation as well. And to really make this question a little bit stronger, you know, nothing is coincidence in the Torah. Everything is exact. And um, the commentaries ask is that why is this parsha mishpatim, civil law, quote-unquote mundane law of how society should function, placed next to last week's parsha, which talks about the Ten Commandments, which talks about, right, we said the altar, the laws of the altar, which, is, which really is the ending of last week's parsha. But to really take a deeper dive into this question, we want to know what's the connection between Parshas Mishpatim, the civil and social laws of the Jewish people, which every nation of the world has to have to be a prosperous country, and the, quote-unquote, the, the, the laws of the Ten Commandments, the Mizbeach. What's the, the connection between the two? So we see that what Rashi gives us a little bit of a hint what that means, that the Sanhedrin, the high court, was placed in the Beis Amigdash. What does that mean exactly? Most people in the world, especially in the United States, when they think of religion, they think of it as ritual and spirituality. And Western culture in general has, you know, they have, they, they differentiate between church and state. Meaning that the influence of religion has to be kept to the, you know, to the church, in the church, right? To make a separation in the synagogue. And to, it cannot infiltrate into the, the country, the laws of the country. It has to be separate. There's this concept that there's church and there's state. And that's a, something which in the United States is, um, is something which is followed. And obviously there's a question of what did the founders mean when they meant that. But either way, there's this idea that there's what people do in the church. And then there's the laws of the country which are meant to be separate. Now, according to Judaism, according to the Torah... We don't make such a distinction. It's really to the contrary. All areas of our life are intertwined with holiness. And when a person, and it's not just when a person goes to synagogue to, to daven, right? To do a ritual of davening or to learn Torah, to do a mitzvah, that they're being a religious person. That means that they're religious and they follow the Torah. The Torah's outlook on life is that it's all-encompassing. It's every aspect of our life. We have to have the values of the Torah imbibed within us. And we know it's brought down that it's not just enough for someone to learn and to daven and to do mitzvot. They have to take the, those lessons and take those values and take the laws of the Torah and apply it to their daily life, whether it be their business dealings, whether it be how they treat people, and not just treating people you know, Jewish, non-Jewish, everybody 
How do you treat people? How do you deal with them? Are you honest in business? And it's brought down in the Talmud that when a person comes up to Shamayim, when a person comes up to heaven, different questions are going to be asked of them by the heavenly tribunal. And one of the questions, I believe the first one that will be asked, were you honest in business? And the second question is, did you make time for Torah study? But the first point that's asked to a person when they come upstairs after 120 is, were you honest in business? Not, did you do all the mitzvos? Were you honest in business? Obviously, a person needs to do all the mitzvos to aspire to accomplish everything, to do everything. But the first point that's asked to a person, the first question is that, did you apply what you learned to your life? And the, the lesson here is that the connection on a deeper level between mishpatim, the quote-unquote civil law, the mundane law, and the, the lofty ideals of the Ten Commandments and the temple, the halachos of the altar, is that the civil law is just as important and just as integral to the Torah as I am Hashem your God, right? The first of the Ten Commandments. They're just as important. The juxtaposition between the parshas mishpatim, which lists the moral, the, the civil civil laws and the civil obligations people have to each other, are just as intrinsically important as I am Hashem, your God, because everything is divine. It's not just, you know, society makes up the rules that what's considered moral, what's not considered moral, what's considered a civil society. In Judaism, our outlook, the Torah's outlook is that Everything comes from the Torah. All aspects of our life are governed by the Torah. And all parts of our life have the ability to have holiness within it. And that's the message of this, of this week's parsha. And the, you know, the, obviously the flip side of this is that when a society does not base their civil law or their morals in the Torah, or some, right, which is concrete, which does not move, which is anchored, so then things that, are, that were you know, forbidden in one generation can easily become permitted in the next generation because people change. People are not you know, set. The ideas of people, what, what could be viewed as wrong in a different generation could be viewed as permitted in this generation. So therefore, it's essential that every part of our conduct, every part of our lives should be based in something which is set and is not going to move, and that is the divine Torah. Another idea which ties into this first thought that I'm sharing with you today is that when it comes to every aspect in our lives, we have the ability to elevate it. It's not just the, the, the spiritual things that we do, you know, at least that seem in our mind spiritual. Like I mentioned, you know, going to shul, doing a mitzvah, you know, learning Torah. That the, one of the lessons from this week's Parsha about the Mishpatim, how the civil law, how we need to incorporate holiness into all areas of our life, is that once we are able to do that, that we're able to intertwine the Kedusha, the holiness, into everything we do, and that's what we're supposed to do. So it comes out that it's not just the mitzvot that we do, it's not just the Torah that we learn that can be spiritual. It can be even the physical and quote-unquote mundane things as well, we have the ability to uplift, to, to bring spirituality into them. And we know, it's, you know if you ask yourself, why do, why do you eat? Why do I eat? Why do I take a vacation? Is it because 
I just, I'm hungry, that's why I want to fill my belly? Or is there another purpose to why I'm eating? Am I eating because I want to have strength to serve God, right? Why do I go to work? Is it because I just want to make money? Or there's something a little deeper to it. I'm, I want to make money that I could support my family, that I could send my kids to yeshiva, to a Jewish school, that I could support Jewish institutions. Um, I could have money to live, to do mitzvot. And even a vacation, what's the purpose of a vacation? Is it just to, you know, just to get away? Or is it to rejuvenate ourselves, pun intended? And that's a lesson we see from this week's parsha: the connection between mishpatim, parsha's mishpatim, the civil law, and the Ten Commandments, and the altar, the temple, because it's interconnected. That just as much as we have the ability to be spiritual when it comes to I am your God who took you out of Egypt, this concept, and when it comes to the commandments of the temple, the altar, the sacrifices, so too with every part of our lives, we have the ability to make spiritual, to sanctify it, and to bring holiness into it if we have the correct outlook. A second thought I want to share with you today is on this idea of the Jewish bondsman, the Evid Ivri, the Jewish slave. And the Torah begins the mishpatim, the laws, as we mentioned, the civil laws, with specifically the halacha of the law of a Jewish person who either wants to sell himself because of extreme poverty to get out of that situation or because he has stolen and now to rectify that sin of stealing, to pay back what he has stole, he doesn't have money to pay back, he must sell himself to pay back the, the thievery that he committed. And it's uh, the commentaries ask, you know, if we're beginning with the laws of society, what society needs to function properly, right? We said it's divinely ordained from the Torah, right? Wouldn't it make more sense to start with the laws of murder, manslaughter, um, you know, laws of damages, you know, things that happen all the time, right? How many fender, fender benders do people get into on a daily basis? It happens all the time. We, we should be taught those halachos, those laws first, and maybe somewhere at the end, teach us about the halacha, the law of a Jewish bondsman. Why does the Torah begin the laws of a, the, the civil laws with the sale of an Evid Ivri, the sale of a Jewish slave? One answer that's given to this question really brings out a very fundamental point is that the Torah begins specifically with the laws of a Jewish slave, which follows last week's parsha, which deals with our liberation from Mitzrayim when we were slaves in Egypt. And the Torah begins here with the halachos, the laws of a Jewish bondsman to teach us to remember where we came from. Many times a person could have humble beginnings. They could start small. And, you know, they become successful. They accomplish and very soon they find themselves in another surrounding, another group of people than they're used to be. And maybe they try to whitewash where they come from. They don't want to remember where they come from. They forget their roots. I'm sure you could think of people that you know that maybe have gone through this. The Torah is giving us a very important lesson. That we have to always remember where we come from. And to especially the fact when it comes to our freedoms, when it comes to everything we have, to 
remind ourselves constantly that it's a gift from God as well. Right? Just like this, the halachos of a Jewish bondsman teach us how to deal with a person properly, we shouldn't forget that we also were slaves at one point, and you should be sensitive to that person's need. So too, with everything in life, we have to remember that nothing is for granted. Everything comes from Hashem, and we, we can't forget that point. To remember where we come from, and to always keep that with us, no matter where we are in life, to, to stay the same, to stay true, true to our beliefs, and not to waver um, to different positions just because we're, we accomplish success or we are, you know, we're in another place in life now. To always remember where we come from and to, to keep true to our principles. That's going to finish for this week's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlamacom with a K at gmail.com. Have a great day.